0: Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you.
1: Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum, And in this interview, we're going to consider leadership and resilience in the face of adversity. Our guest this time is Carla Riga, CEO at Mind Story Coaching and Speaking Academy, and speaker at the most recent Innovate Work Vancouver event, where she presented a session called A Brain Hack for Building Confidence When Working In uncertain times Carla is an expert in the area assisting people to break through their fears and all facets of life she helps people influence with power integrity and purpose she's the author of six books and 15 online learning programs an internationally known motivational speaker trainer consultant facilitator and executive performance coach for over 20 years. Her speciality is breaking leaders free of inner limitations so that they can fulfill their leadership calling. This podcast episode is sponsored by Virgin Pulse, the number one global employee well-being solution provider, supporting seven and a half million members in 20 languages across 190 countries. Virgin Pulse offers solutions that deliver on their home base for health vision of simplifying and unifying other point products into a better together ecosystem and transform the mental, physical, financial, social, community, and emotional health of organizations and their people. You
0: can learn more at virginpulse.com.
1: Carla, it's my pleasure to welcome you to the show today.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Gosh, all those things going on, Carla, I'm I'm amazed if you ever find any time to sleep.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Well, there's less going on, right, because of the last few months.
1: That's true. Let's let's jump straight into the question, shall we? Um, Firstly... In your opinion, what what are the biggest challenges facing leaders in a post-COVID world? Maybe maybe you could please split those up into obstacles for leaders over the next few months as, as we continue to go in and out of the crisis and potentially a, a second or a third wave. And then the, the longer term aftermath as well.
0: Well... Of course, because I focus on kind of the habits of mind of leaders to keep them as effective as possible, i think because of course, they end up being so influential to those they who follow them uh, when we 're going into reentry, which we are over uh, these next few months it, I think the biggest thing is a combination. <laughs> of empathy, understanding, and compassion for what people are, have been dealing with and are dealing with as they reenter the workplace, as well as, okay, we don't want to stay there for too long. We also want to find a way to innovatively move forward, given so much is different. So they have to balance those two and be kind of a living bridge for others to do that. And so um, I think the key for those people in that kind of leadership role is to take some time to do their own, uh, what I call processing of all their stressors. Because if they haven't done it, and then they go in and try to support others who are still in the stress, it's harder for them. They're just going to get triggered by what others are going through so if they have any kind of practice that really helps them uh, whether it's with a coach or a counselor or whether they go running or walking in nature or you know breathing or meditation or yoga or whatever they need to do or writing some people just have whatever works for the person to really just have their own back when it comes to the stressors that they've been dealing with, you know, sometimes in Western culture, there's this whole sort of expectation that you should always be on top of your game, that you should always be super productive. And it's, it's hard when the external world has changed so much. So if they can have their own back first, uh, they're going to be better able to do that for others as they do the re-entry. And then long-term, I think, they're going to need to really hold a vision of what's possible. And again, it's so hard when you don't know what is going to go on in the external world. So I often tell people an ideal outcome you can hold on to is how you want to be, no matter what crisis or challenge or change is coming your way. So how do we want to be? You can have control over that. What is our response, our reaction to whatever comes our way. And so, so, Long term, that's why I tell people to, to help people, is to have a vision that's positive for the future, that's within their control.
1: We'll be right back after this short message from one of our supporters, High Road Human Capital.
2: Your business doesn't have a dedicated recruitment or hr professional but every month you have hr and recruitment needs what if these professionals were at your fingertips on an as needed when needed basis you know kind of like a tap you can turn off and on at high road human capital that's who we are and that's what we do so if your company has gotten to the point where hr policies are needed or you're completely put off by the high price of staffing firms or maybe there's hundreds maybe thousands of unread resumes stacked up in your inbox Let us take all that pain away and only charge you for the time it takes us. You'll be billed according to our unique activity-based pricing model. You'll know where every penny was spent, no exceptions, no ambiguity. And your return on investment? So strong it's going to jump off the page and smack you. So to find out more, find us at highroadhr.ca or call us at 416-453-7023.
1: So at the moment there's there's massive amounts of anxiety and stress from, from from leaders and from employees and a lot of people out there who are now out of work, of course, as well. Um and one thing that I love about you is is um how much you encourage positivity in, in, in the face of adversity. Perhaps you can now take a moment and suggest some ways that the listeners can adjust their thinking about about the current situation, about where they're currently at in their lives and, and, and to help them be a bit more optimistic and, and hopeful?
0: Yeah. Well, I always say the first thing you need to do is validate that people are pessimistic and unhopeful because you can't, you know, bully people into an optimistic point of view until they feel like, it's okay for them to have the the opposing points of view. It's just uh, in our studies, and we've done a, over 24 years of research on what makes someone resilient and innovative in a challenge is that they can switch their point of view and their state of mind at, at will. And they don't get stuck in the glasses half empty. And they also don't get stuck in the glasses half full either. I mean, I'm sure you've met people who always just want to be optimistic about everything and sometimes it's completely inappropriate for them to be doing that right but it's just as inappropriate for someone to always be pessimistic because you know there's so many points of view of every situation and and the highly resilient people could could switch and so that's why i often give people tools to just build the muscle of switching so you know like a really simple thing is whatever is your that's something you're pessimistic about can you answer the question and what's good about that <laughs> just just to see if you could do it right like if it's like i don't know if i'm going to have a job well what might be good about that or or my income's gone down or my stock portfolio has gone way down or you know our whole company is our entire system of communication is broken down. What might be good about that? And and see if you can answer that. Now, you know, usually people can't at first, but if you can, even if you say something silly or, you know, use your sense of humor about it, if we could see what was going on in your brain, this would be really interesting because when you're being p- pessimistic, only pessimistic, and you're looping on it, if we could see a brain scan, we would see that they... Areas of the brain that are mostly lit up are the interior brain, like the survival brain, the amygdala, maybe a bit of the limbic. But when you can ask yourself what might be good about this, you would see that the whole brain lights up just because you're practicing using different parts of your brain. So that's what we're always encouraging leaders to do is just, can you say what's bad? Can you say what's good? Can you say what's neutral? can you switch perspective? That's the most important skill to build. And those are the most indispensable people in the workplace <laughs> I find today. Because it's really hard to work with someone who just everything you talk about with them, it's just a negative. It's just unhopeful, it's completely negative, And there's no hope. There's nothing that could be done. I mean, you can't innovate from that place. But again, you can't innovate from the place of... You know, false optimism either. So it's just about looking at it from many perspectives.
1: Okay, thank you very much. Now, as as I mentioned in the introduction, you are you are a presenter at the most recent uh, West Coast edition of uh, Innovate Work, which is a slight rebranding on on our parts as we're as we've gone online. So we're talking to the whole West Coast, but essentially, uh, you are going to be a speaker at the um, the March Innovate Work Vancouver. Uh, Event, But, of course, with everything happening, uh, that got postponed and you kind of came on and uh, spoke on the online session instead. Um, And as part of that presentation, you you spoke about the the top three habits of highly resilient people. Can can you now take a couple of minutes and, and share those with our audience?
0: Yeah, well, the first one was and again, this is based on about 24 years of research and surveys and interviews with people on in various leadership roles in various kind of companies, organizations, all over the world, well, on four different continents. And, you know, we came up with this huge list of what makes someone more resilient, more more innovative in a crisis. And usually, you know, when I speak at a conference, people, you know, they only give you a short amount of time. So I thought, okay, which of these have made the biggest difference? What, which are the one-stop shop that made the biggest difference in the shortest amount of time for the most number of people? So I distilled it down to these three, which if you did these three, you could, they would actually handle a lot of the other ones. They're like at the core, at the root. So the first one is that they could, in all our research, change their state of mind at will, as opposed to people who just feel a victim to their state of mind to whatever you know they wake up with in the morning. If they're if they're negative or they're frustrated or they're they're scared, they would just like go through their whole day looking at the world from that perspective, and they didn't know they didn't exercise their right, their power, their their capacity to choose a different state of mind. And, you know, I think all of us go all up and down on this spectrum, you know, some situations in our life we can, you know, I'm just going to, you know, take a different attitude around this and they can do it. Uh, but other areas of life, we find that more difficult. But they they all had this interesting philosophy that all states of mind, whether good or bad, are actually caused not by external circumstances, but by my interpretations. <laughs> so that was really interesting that they had that philosophy. The second one, which kind of goes with the first one, is that they could choose their perspective. So usually when you choose your your attitude, your state of mind, you can then change your perspective on something, as opposed to those people who just as I was saying, always see the glasses half empty or always see the glasses half full. They get locked into that. They get locked into a point of view that anyone who is highly resilient kept switching their point of view, uh, no matter what it was, even if it was something that they were highly invested in, in. You know, we all have our points of view that we, you know, they make us feel safe, right? Like uh, this is my point of view of life and that makes me feel more safe in the world because that's my view of reality. But if they could let go of their view of reality long enough to see something else, um, those were the people who innovated more quickly. And then the third one, which sort of they cascade one into the other is, is those people who could choose their capacity as opposed to letting their capacity choose them. And so, you know, a lot of times when we're, we're triggered, and, and that's when the brain capacity goes down, you know, you tend to make more mistakes, you tend to just go back to old solutions that don't work anymore, you tend to get reactive with people instead of collaborative, right? So if you could um, dial up on your brain capacity, and that would trigger the out of the box thinking. So those were the three that made the biggest difference.
1: That always seems to be my issue, Carla, trying to dial up my brain capacity, but it's a, it's a work in progress. <laughs> um, if we've, we're coming towards this at the end of this interview already. Just two more questions for you before we do wrap up. Um, in your opinion, how, how can leaders respectfully encourage a more positive work environment when, when employees are, are feeling so down at the moment? And I guess in, in, I'm talking in the context there of um, while some people are returning to physical offices, Um, others remain working remotely as well so that that adds an an extra layer of complexity for for leaders
0: yes it is going to be a lot more complex and again some people uh, are there's going to be a spectrum of behavior in terms of re-entry as i said and so there has to be some sort of forum and and i'm sure many leaders do but sometimes they forget they go oh we just got to get back to work we got to get productive but some sort of place whether it's a meeting a check-in where you can really just find out you know how people are doing and and a lot of again a lot of times people don't really want to say what's going on for them because they don't want to be seen as not being able to handle the situation but unless they can have a safe place where they say look <laughs> I'm anxious all the time. I'm my, you know, my kid's still at home and he's bouncing off the walls. I can't focus. I need some help. Um, They're just not going to necessarily be able to cope very well. So they have to feel like if they say those things, they are not going to lose their job. They're not going to, you know, have someone else take over. You know, a huge part of the responsibility, or or whatever. So, that's been the tricky part because people are already nervous about keeping their jobs, right? But if they have to pretend that everything's okay, it's not going to be useful for anyone. So, any kind of safe environment, and that's going to have to be demonstrated by the leader that you know that they would be a bit vulnerable about what's going on for them, and and then they become the positive deviant where. They kind of okay well he's saying that he's having a little trouble with this reentry process or, or working from home so I'm gonna I'm gonna say what's going on for me and then everyone can brainstorm together and give you know different possible tools to, or techniques or or ways of being to help that person so I think that's one of the biggest things that every workplace is gonna need to have on a regular basis.
1: Okay okay thank you very much um, and before we do wrap up, Carla, how can our how can our listeners learn more and connect with you?
0: Yes, well, they can go to mindstoryacademy.com. So mind mindstoryacademy, all one word.com, and just hit backslash free and um you'll see my content information. But also we have some free downloadable tools like discovering your transitions personality style, how you are in change or how to handle worry if you're a worrier or how to handle regret or how to handle all those sort of negative states of mind that make us less productive so um and you'll find my contact information there um hopefully some of those tools will be useful for you we also have a podcast for leaders of change and helping develop the good habits of mind in themselves and those they follow so um that's how people can get in touch with me
1: Wonderful. Well, um, personally, I'm, I'm very glad that I got in touch with you when, when when I reached out a while back now in a very different world. Um, and it's led to an awesome presentation. So thank you again for that and for a fantastic conversation today. And I hope we have many more in the future. Um, but just for today, Collar, that leaves me to say thank you very much for being a guest on this episode of the HR Chat Show.
0: Oh, thank you for having me, Bill.
1: And listeners, until next time, stay safe.